Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Connect, grow, and serve. Uh, Pastor Johnny will be back next week talking about serving, and it'll be a great word. But today I'm really excited about talking about connecting and relationships and one another. And uh, I came across a verse that... Uh, I saw differently in this context differently than I ever have in my life. And I'm going to say something, or I have said something this weekend I have never said in my whole life. And uh, hold on, it'll be in just a moment or two. But first of all, let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And the Bible says, therefore... Now, in the King James, New King James, it may be in other translations also, but when you see the word therefore, you need to see why it is therefore, all right, or what it is there for, I should say. And uh, that word indicates that whatever was said or written before that word was put there, that that is an indicator of action to follow, all right? So in other words, if I were talking to someone about doing a, a job or, or ministry, and uh, then I said, so therefore you need to do this, all right, as a result of what I've already said or indicated to you. So therefore, he is inferring that which he's already written in chapter 1 and all the way to chapter 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Uh, Philippi was one of the very first, if not the first church that Paul uh, established in the Macedonian area. And so it was a great church. It had some issues that need to be corrected, but by and large, it was a great church. I believe a church like ours, a friendly church uh, uh, full of people that love God, love one another. And so I, uh, from all indicators, it just was a great church. Um, and here he's writing to them and instructing them even further. And so that's what we're doing today. As he instructs them, we are instructing you. So let's go on. Um, now he is uh, away from them. He is in Rome. He is in prison. Uh, he's writing to them. In Philippians 2.12, we read on, work out. Here's what he says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I probably have made comments about this verse in the past that I'm looking back and saying that was not the totality of what should have been said. And I really, uh, in the very beginning of my Christian walk, interpreted this verse uh, in a way that I do not think Paul would have been very happy about, all right? So um, uh, I know he's forgiven me. But anyway, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Now, to me, when I first read that years ago, it was like, boy, you better get your act together. That's what it's saying. Uh, God's watching over you, and you better get all that stuff inside of you or what, wherever you need to make changes. You need to make those changes. Uh, you need to get right because God's not happy with you, and he's going to straighten you out if you don't. All right? And uh, the indication was with fear. With fear, in other words, uh, that's a, uh, it's unfortunate that word is used because really that word indicates reverence, all right? It's not really cowering fear. It is open reverence to God. Uh, let me give you a mental picture. Um, about 12 years of age, I found a cigarette somewhere, all right? My dad did smoke, and uh, I found this cigarette, and I thought to myself, I want to smoke this cigarette. And I took it, and I went out to the barn area out behind our house. I went into a literal cow trough and sat down in the, um, the feed trough where feed was put. There was uh, no cow there while I was there, all right? So I walked in, sat down, and I took that cigarette I know you can't imagine me doing this, but I, I took that cigarette, lit it up, and I'm, I'm smoking away. I didn't inhale, but I'm smoking away, all right? So, um, and all of a sudden, as I'm smoking, I start thinking about my mother. Uh, my mother, one of the sweetest ladies that ever lived, uh, very, very meek. Um, she uh, very, loved us. She had six children, two boys. Uh, she prayed for us a lot. And uh, four girls. And uh, mom was one of those that if she got hurt over something, she would cry easily. And uh, as a result of that, me sitting there smoking away on this cigarette, uh, I started thinking about her and uh, how wonderful she was and how much it would hurt her if she saw me smoking the cigarette. So you know what I did? I started crying. I started crying because I was so attached to my mom. I loved her so much. I started crying, and in my tears, I threw away the cigarette. I think I have a word from God for some of you. You need to start thinking about your mother and throw those cigarettes away, all right? So I, I feel like somebody in Michigan and Red Bug, all right, you, you smoking still is bad for you, all right? And they cost too much money. Get rid of them in Jesus' name, all right? Think about your mama. Think about Jesus. Think about somebody and throw them away. All right, now, let's go on. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now here's a statement that I've made this weekend I've never made in my life. And it's this, you cannot work out your own salvation by yourself. Now, that was a, quite a revelation to me, really. You cannot work it out. Because all my life I thought, yeah, I got to work it out, all right? But God is saying, no, 
Uh, Paul is writing by the inspiration of the Spirit. He's saying, you work out your salvation, but you need others to work it out with, all right? You need others. You cannot do it by yourself. God never intended for believers to be isolated. God never intended for us to not fellowship. God never intended for us to not pray together, gather together, praise together, uh, give together, and all of what his plan and intention was. It was together, one another, someone might say. And I've heard people say it. All I need is Jesus. I I don't need anybody else. I just need Jesus. No, you need other people, all right? You do need Jesus, but you don't just need Jesus because the will of Jesus is that you need everybody else in the kingdom of God. And so don't come with that stuff with, uh, you know, I don't like to get around crowds. I don't like to go to classes. I'm going to talk more about it in a moment. But uh, listen. God has a plan for your life, and it involves other people, all right? And it's a good plan, and you're going to be glad for it. And then you're going to, that's going to help you grow and then help you serve as you serve with one another. All right. In Philippians chapter 1 and 27, this is one of the verses preceding, of course, 2.12, that he says, therefore, as a result of. Verse 27 says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs. Here it is. I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit. He says, I'm, he's writing this to all of them. He said, I want to see you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. That doesn't sound like isolation, does it? In one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the uh, faith of the gospel. Now, Paul was dealing with, even in this uh, uh, book of Philippians, he was dealing with some issues of, of correction to speak into that church, but he was also preparing them for future hard times when they would need each other even more. And so I want to say to all of us, um, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not someone that's always uh, looking at prophecy to the point where that's my focus in life. No, Christ is to be our focus in life. Uh, We know that things are happening. We sense it in our spirit But the Bible says, look up, your redemption draweth nigh, all right? So uh, we don't have to get all upset over what's happening in the world because there are things happening in the world. 
our, our nation, uh, by and large, is picturing Christians as a problem, even in America, that uh, they picture Christians as uh, not accepting others, and therefore they hate or their lifestyle, so therefore they hate the person. How, how far from the truth that could be. Uh, couldn't be any further from the truth. We love everybody, but we're not going to love their lifestyle nor agree with it. So God help us to differentiate the difference of both of those, all right? He says, stand fast in one spirit. You will need each other that much the more as you see the day approach, all right? That's why he says encourage one another. Gather together so that we are helping each other grow. And when hard times come, we stand fast against them. We pray with one another. We stand with one another. And we make it through with one another. Amen? All right. So let me... uh, let me see how, how, how fast I'm going to have to go here. All right, I'm got to put it up. I'm at 60 miles an hour. All right, okay. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Let me give you this verse. And being found in appearance as a man, Christ humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So if we're going to be in fellowship with one another, we are going to walk in humility. Now, the phrase, one another. Um, that phrase is an interesting phrase uh, in the Bible. It is throughout the New Testament. And the Greek word that this phrase derives from is uh, alion, and which means one another. It means each other. It's mutual relationship, one another. It occurs about 100 times in the New Testament in some form about 59 times, one another is actually a command of instruction to you and I as believers. So, let's give you some of those one another phrases right out of the word, commands uh, to action that uh, involve somebody else. Number one, love one another. Love one another. Without love, you can't love God. You don't love God without loving other people. And so you can't say, the Bible says, you can't say, I hate somebody and say you love God. So love one another happens about 12 times in the Bible. Then the Bible says, be at peace with one another. It says, if possible, be at peace with all people. Number three, be devoted to one another. And four, honor one another above yourself, the Bible says. Then it says, live in harmony with one another. Fix the problems we may have with one another. Fix them. And that's part of working out our salvation is working out issues with other people. Good place to say amen right there. All right, so live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. This church accepts everybody that walks through those doors, all right? It doesn't matter what uh, background they're from. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if their face is covered in tattoos uh, and rings. Uh, We're going to love on them, tell them we love them in the Lord. Uh, They may not understand it, but we're going to do it anyway. 
So we accept people, everybody. We instruct, or the Bible says, instruct one another. Teach, encourage, speak truth to one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Whoa, stop right there. All right, so greet one another with a holy kiss. One another with a holy kiss. All right, so um, this can be very cultural. It can, uh, you have to be very careful with this. All right, so this does not mean, and don't take it as such, that uh, you're a single man, you're saying, Pastor said, greet them with a holy kiss. I'll be out there at the doors next uh, Sunday morning to greet them with a holy kiss. No, I think you may be spoken to, but it involves relationship, of course, and um, uh, this can get out of hand. When I first came to this church and was single, I was single, and uh, I used to get invited over a lot for dinner, at people's houses. They just happen to have a teenage daughter. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, then I got married. Those days were over with. All right, they quit inviting me. But um, uh, this situation happened where there was a church. Uh, I guess it was called a church that started in the downtown area. And it was made up, from what I understand, mostly young people. And uh, they practice. Uh, this scripture in its in, uh, entirety, uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. They didn't greet on the che- kiss on the cheek. Uh, uh, they kissed on the lips, uh, and uh, uh, it was obviously, it got carried away. Uh, I was tempted to go visit just to see for myself, but uh, anyway, um, I didn't want to marry somebody who's kissing on anybody, everybody else anyway, but uh, uh, so I did not go. Uh, I did go, you know, we didn't grow up kissing at all, okay, Uh, hardly hugging, but uh, as, you know, and where I came from, I did visit a church in Bible college, Uh, I'm leaving that other church, okay, anyway, and so I did visit a church in Tampa where the pastor, he was a kind of a big, robust guy, would kiss the men uh, on the cheek, and I was like, he is not kissing me on the cheek. I'm, I am not having that guy kiss me on the cheek. I, I never had a man kiss me on the cheek. Uh, and like a lamb to the slaughter, I found myself anyway in line and he ended up kissing me on the cheek. Uh, I survived, all right. But anyway, uh, so you have to be careful with that. When I became pastor, I'd shake hands with everybody. And uh, then all of you wonderful, wonderful Hispanics started coming into the church. And it was like, um, yeah. Um, and so it was like uh, different ones would say, oh, give me a hug, give me a hug. Next thing I know, I had some lady kissing me on the cheek. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But after a while, you get used to hugging people. It's wonderful. And, um, you know, there are times that uh, Alice say, who hugged you? They got makeup all over your shoulder. Sister Francesca. She, uh, she's the one. She's the a, she's a guilty one. Is she here this morning? I don't know if she's here. Uh, she's uh, one of the most incredible ladies alive today. And probably, I'm not going to tell you how old she is. She doesn't look it, all right? Or, and she always dressed impeccably. Uh, so I'm safe with her, all right? But anyway, uh, she's a wonderful lady. Number, uh, oh, let's go on. Okay, let's pass that one. All right, wait for one another. Serve one another. Do not bite or devour one another. Carry the burdens of one another. 
be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive one another. Is there anybody you haven't forgiven that's a fellow believer? Get, get going, do it today, don't put it off. Speak to one another. Speak to people. Submit to one another. Do not lie to one another. These are all commands in Scripture. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Speak the truth to one another. Encourage one another. Build up one another. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against... Ooh, don't... Ooh, let's look at that one again. Don't grumble against one another. God help us all. Confess your sins to one another. That's in relationship. Don't stand out there and say, you want to know what my sins are? No, I'm where, you know, go to the counseling department. Uh, pray for one another, one another, over and over and over and over and over. Do you realize it is impossible to fulfill these commands and uh, not be in relationships and know people and get to know people just like the men's God encounter yesterday. Uh, I had the, all these wonderful men. Pastor Jim here. Uh, run up here quickly and uh, or walk. What I, I, I either. Um, but they had an incredible men's God encounter. People not only got touched by God, they were connected with one another. And you got to do it fast because we're running out of time. Okay. We had a great men's God encounter. Men got saved, delivered, healed. Here's a great testimony. A man called the office on Friday, doesn't even go to this church. He says, is anything happening at Faith Tonight? We invited him to the men's God encounter. He was going through some heavy-duty stuff. The Lord intervened in his life and touched him. But another miracle happened. Men gathered around him and began to build him up and encourage him and pray with him. And he found fellowship and love here in a tangible way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Work out your own salvation. Uh, we're pulling a couple of things from out of the very original Greek meaning, but it means this. It means to work in order to bring something to completion. All right? So we're all born again. People are born again. They have salvation inside, but we are working it out. We are bringing to completion our life as a believer. It's not that we're un more saved. No, it's just bringing that fullness out of our lives to others uh, as we grow together, as we share together. It's incredible what the Bible says. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to even have time for it, but uh, no, I'm not. All right, so anyway... Unless somebody here can pray that the time stop, all right? So um, that happened with Moses. It could happen again here today. And you're like, I'm not praying that. Anyway, so I'm going to get out of here and go to lunch. All right. Um, and Philippians, where am I at? I'm going to read it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Philippians chapter. Uh, um, okay. Is that on the screen anywhere? No, it's not on the screen. Okay. 
I'm going to move it further away from my eyes. It's small print. It's not my normal Bible. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, here's what Paul says to the church. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing, look at this, this is incredible. Verse three, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness, but in lowliness, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Oh, wow. I need to read that again. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Whoa. That's the word of God to our church. Connecting, connecting, connecting. Here's a video of two people in our church, wonderful people, who were a part of two connect groups and see what happened as a result of that. We were expecting our second son, uh, Nova, and we were far along um, 30, 32 weeks and um, unexpectedly um, he passed. Oh, I didn't feel him. Uh, one afternoon and we went to the doctor and you know, we found out that he was with the Lord. And that happened um, in April. Yeah, it's a pain you can't really describe. Um, something that was very difficult was the acceptance. They're doing test after test. And you could just see the more people that were getting involved, the more complicated it was becoming. You know, I, I just struggled with it, you know, because I was like, how is this possible? I mean, we. Um, you know, supposedly did everything right that you could think of. We don't know why, you know, and uh, but through the midst of all that, God was there with us. You know, I I can just remember the darkest hour, God was there, you know, comforting us. And even when we couldn't explain anything, you know, because we, we were a month away from seeing him, you know, everything just happened all of a sudden. Yeah. You heavily relied on on Christ and this church has been a huge part of that reinforcement a huge part of it and both of our connect groups that we were in um, we were in one together a parenting one and then I was in a business connect and, and all of those were really uh, paramount I think to reinforce that you know God's got your back and there's all these different ways that he has it even now there's still people who reach out to us that we, we don't even know, that have found out about our story somehow. A few months have passed by, and but we've seen uh, God's faithfulness from the first day, you know, even when you don't make sense of anything, even when you're, um, you have this deep pain, uh, God has been faithful and He has provided us with what we needed to even start walking again. The Connect Group, like my husband said, was a big part of that. They sat with us, they cried with us, um, they prayed with us, 
and it was just God using them to give us comfort. It's a way for it to be, um, you know, together with the church and helping you, you know, through all these difficult times, not just the joyful ones, but the, you know, the, the sad ones, the, you know, when you're in sorrow, when you're in pain, we learn that there are moments in life that you need, you need your brothers and sisters, you need your church, you need your family, and that's how we're walking now and how we're continuing, you know, healing. You know, it's a, it's a continuous healing. Can you say amen? Praise God. Thank God. There were people there to meet them, pray with them, stand with them in a very, very, very difficult time of their lives. The New Testament consistently teaches that salvation looks like saved people loving each other with a selfless love. And that's what it's certainly all about. You know, I had an email this week said this is one of the friendliest churches they had ever been to. I don't want it to just be known as a friendly church but I want it to be known as a connecting church that relationships are built. We're not just speaking high on the way in and on the way out, but uh, it's more than that. Uh, just recently, uh, well, it's been some three months now, uh, I was outside on Wednesday greeting and came back into the altar area, and I looked over, and there was a young man. He, I think he was 12. And I would normally walk by and say, hi, young man, and shake his hand, but I stopped, and I'm so glad I did because I got to meet Carlos and ask him how things were going. And he shared, opened up and shared some things with me. It really touched my heart. And I said, I'll tell you what, Carlos, next Wednesday, why don't you meet me here again? Um, and since then, seeing him periodically, I realized that that relationship has helped to fulfill me. It has uh, helped a part of my life to be better, and I'm working out my salvation as I pour out to others, and they pour in to me. Uh, something happened even last night after the service. I, I was just in amazement. I walked out. I, I went over toward the atrium area, and uh, I saw one young man sitting there. I don't know, maybe early 30s. Um, and I had never met him. I, we got to talking. He told me his name. I said, do you have family here? No, they're all in California. How long have you been attending here? Oh, sometime. Um, it was obvious that there were, if any connections, not wasn't made aware of him. And so we got up and we started walking. And, um, and I walked over to some of the couple of the security guys and uh, 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 Kevin rushing and uh, we walked over and I said anybody a part of the army because he told me he was a part of, had been in the army and all of a sudden uh, these two guys turn around yeah yeah I was and and then they start saying are you were you this and this and this and, and there was such a connection I felt so left out <laughs> because I'm like I, I just wanted to slink away I'm not part I never joined the service I'm sorry uh, they never called me not that I was waiting on the call, but they never called me. But uh, it was there during the lottery, and my number was too high. I don't know why. During the Vietnam War, I'm telling my age. Okay, so, um, but I saw them talking and using language and uh, acronyms. I had no idea what they were. 
But they were so excited. And uh, then one of them invited him to a group of men that meet on Tuesday night. Then another one said, well, there's another one on Thursday night. And I saw right before my eyes our people doing what I believe God wanted them to do. And that was a genuine connection with somebody that needed a connection. You know, the truth is we don't know half the time what we need. That's the truth. Maybe more than that. We don't know what we need. We don't even realize what we really like. Um, you know, recently one of, one of the family members said to the, their kid, how do you know you don't like it? You've never tried it. Why don't you try it and see if you like it? And it was working. Amazing. Um, I've fallen into that before. Years ago, Alice and I went to New York uh, on a missions event, and, and they had a night free to go see plays, and she wanted to see Mary Poppins. I didn't want to see Mary Poppins. Um, and I'm like, Mary Poppins? Some little kitty thing? I didn't want to go. Bought the tickets anyway. Uh, I'm, you know, trying to serve others. And so, uh, so I go. And I had an attitude. And I sat there. And from the beginning, I was captivated. It was incredible. I cried at one point. I laughed myself silly it was phenomenal when it was over I wanted to see it again <laughs> Mary Poppins we're still close I, I'm serious I mean it's just we have a connect we had a connection all right I'm just telling you my dad was the, I guess I got it from him I went to um, or we went to Lakeland to bring our older sisters to college Dad didn't venture out very often. I was shocked that he even went on this trip. He went to no games. He went to nothing. Uh, and so we're there in Lakeland. And somebody said, why don't we go to Disney World? The rest of us were thrilled out of our minds. Dad, I don't want to go. Don't want to go. Not going, not going. And I don't know who persisted, but somebody persisted. Now listen to me. We need some persisters. We need people that won't give up and say, oh, you don't want to go to Connect? Okay, all right, I'm sorry for even asking, all right? No, somebody persisted. Dad, no, you'll love it. Dad, come on, let's go. And this went on, seemed like for over an hour. Finally, he gets up and we go. And then I will never forget the scene with him sitting in the Country Bear Jamboree. I don't even think they have it anymore, do they? But Dad sat there. He laughed his head off. He was just, I have never seen him that happy in my whole life. Then the Hall of Presidents. <sighs> he was enthralled. It was like he was a big old kid. For the first time in a long time, he didn't know what he would like. And let me tell you, some of you are in the same place. You don't know what you like. And if you will get involved in a connect group or a grow group, you, you get involved, 
and all of a sudden you're meeting people and they, there's connection and you're like, wow, this was so good. I can't wait to go back and, and you know, meeting people and, and say, you know, I'm going through something. Pray for me. Yes, let's pray. Oh, my goodness. It's Mary Poppins all over again, I'm telling you. Because there are people that love, love God. And listen, there may be someone sitting here, maybe many, that say, when you watched that video, you said, um, well, church failed me. There was nobody there for me. Okay, you got deeply hurt. Now it's time to put it behind you. Forgive anybody that was involved. And you need to take that hurt and say, I know how it feels, so I'm going to make sure nobody else that I can influence is going to feel the same way. And so I'm going to work out my own salvation with reverence to God by doing life with connecting with one another. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.